This interview was one of my most favorites, I will say, because I got to spend an hour talking to two of the most amazing people, two of my students, Gail Johnson and Kimberly Dede, and they uh, have interesting stories. They've both been on the podcast before. I want to reference their episodes. Kim is a book author. And she was an accountant for a long, 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 long time until she found her true purpose after age 50. And Gail is a medium. And Gail has had her gift for a long time, but she didn't accept it and was in denial for a long time. Uh, and then she's finally gone all in, I would say, in the past like couple of years. So I wanted to introduce them to you because I am opening the second half Spark School for its what I call winter session. And it is open only if you're listening to this later, February 6th to 9th is when it's going to be open. This is airing when it's open. So if you are a avid listener and you listen straight away, then you might have been noticing also on social media that I'm sharing that the second half spark school is open. And these two women are second half spark school students. So we talk about how we met, but I do want to refer you back to the episodes that they were on because it explains their whole backstory. And this is more of an update. So Kim first came on the podcast with me when it was called Not Your Average Lives, episode seven, super early. She wasn't a student then. And she was just somebody that I met. She was on my newsletter. And so she sent me a nice note. And so that's how we originally met. But she got me back into reading fiction, and she was a full-time accountant doing a little side hustle, writing books. So she uh, is now has completed her first book series, and she's started her second book series, has her first book out. So a lot has happened in the past over two and a half years since she first came on. But that's a great backstory where you learn at the time where she was at, in life, kind of doing the side hustle thing. Now she's full-time author. Uh, and then Gail first came on, she shared her story, episode 187, and she has launched a program to help people who have lost loved ones. And it's just pretty amazing what she does, what her gift is. And they're very unique. They have very unique purposes. And that's why I wanted to bring them on. They're also further along in their purpose than a lot of people. A lot of people who I help when they first come to me, they are still seeking their purpose. And so Gail and Kim are a little different because when I met them, they knew what their purpose was. They were just fearful of stepping all the way into it in different ways. And so, yes, uh, and they talk about that. And I think it's really interesting to hear this now looking back and then listening to those those earlier episodes, especially for Kim, uh, because she really resisted retiring. And even though she knew what she loved and she was actually doing it and getting published. So it's kind of like crazy how much fear protects us. We think it's protecting us, but it's really stopping us from doing the things that we should be doing, that we really want to do, that are meaningful to us. But for whatever reason, we don't, don't have that past experience because it's something new and it makes us sit in this fear. Oh, and then the other thing that I wanted to reference is that Gail's a medium. I ended up hiring her. She hired me first, then I hired her to help me connect my father who has died with my mother who's still alive. And that experience I share in episode 221, connecting with my dead father, which was holy, holy 
moly. <laughs> That's about all I can say. I don't want to say a cuss word in there, but holy friggin' believable. Like, yeah. So anyways, these ladies are just amazing people and they stepped out of their fear and pushed forward and are in full pursuit and living from their purpose. So if what they are talking about resonates with you, and if you would like to at some day be like them in full pursuit of a purpose that you might not even know what it is or be aware of it, or you have an inkling, you just won't admit it to yourself or something stopping you, the unknown. And so it's magical once you step into that, that fear and then the fear vanishes. So, so they're great examples and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed the interview. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. And I have two great examples of sparked second half souls. I love that term. I came up with that term because of my second half spark school. And I have people here uh, as my guests who are students. I have Kimberly Deedy and Gail Johnson. Hello. 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 <laughs> yes. And so I, I like to say once my student, always my students, although when we're not actively in the program, we don't get to see each other. And so it's a real treat for me to have them here uh, and be able to chat with them. We've been chatting before I hit record and just catching up. Uh, so I want to, well, I should let them each introduce themselves, but I did want to say that they are both living, fully living and embracing their purposes. Uh, and they are just amazing people. Uh, one of the things that I love about my students that I was just telling them is that I learned so much from my students, no matter where they are in their journey. But for, for Kim and Gail in particular, since their journeys are fairly advanced and they're pretty living full out uh, in their purpose and what they came here to do, I have started reading fiction. Kim writes uh, books. She's a book author and novelist, I guess. Um, I don't know. Is that the right word? Novelist. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Kim got me back into listening fiction books because I was like a self-help addict, but sometimes it's really great to escape in a fiction book. So she got me turned on to fiction books. So I am a customer of hers and Gail is a medium and we work together on her building a program so she could impact more people. And we'll get into that. But uh, after we were done, uh, I realized like she could really help me. 
and she helped me connect with my father. And I did an episode on that, which I can link up to as well. So let me stop talking and introduce you guys, let you introduce yourselves. And so let's start with Kim and tell everybody about yourself and what you do. Well, thank you for having me on, Lori. This has been fun in the past, and I know it'll be fun today, too. Um, as you mentioned, I, I write novels. My characters are all midlife and later. I actually first met Lori, I think it's been two and a half years ago now, and joined the Second Half Spark School at a point in my life where I was in a corporate job, had been there for um, over 30 years and was pretty miserable. Um, the job had changed and evolved. The company had evolved. And I had discovered a couple of years before that, that I really enjoyed writing. I was always an avid reader. I'm a mother of three and our kids were getting older and going off to college and getting married. And I picked up a pen, actually probably a computer and started writing just for fun. Like Lori for the first, I would say it throughout most of my forties, I was addicted to self-help books, that kind of thing. Tried to read fiction, wasn't finding books that I liked. So many of the characters were so much younger and not really at the point in life that I could relate to as much anymore. So I thought, hey, let's just write for fun. And that's all it was initially. And eventually it grew into a new career for me. And I was close. I had, I think a couple books out, Lori, by the time we met. Um, I so wanted to make that leap, but I was terrified. I was too scared to leave my corporate job. I'd been there a long time. We had our benefits through me. I would have been, what, 51, 52 at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just too scared to do it. And the nice thing, Lori and I really were in sync in the fact that she came from a corporate background as well. She had found the courage to leave that. And she knew it was possible. And I guess sometimes those examples can be the most powerful thing, right? Yeah. And so, Lori, you really gave me the encouragement and the practical advice. Hey, look into this, look into that. And um, last October, I was able to retire at 55. Yeah, I want to speak to that because I, I never want to give advice for what somebody should do, but mm -hmm. I, it was so scary for me. So it was, I could so relate to the position that you were in. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I would always speak to, to you is it, because we always look at what we're going to lose versus what we're going to gain. And we can't mm -hmm. see that because we have no familiarity with it. And of course our human brain is always trying to protect us. So it's always going to be like worst case scenario. And so I would just try to present the picture and some of the things that were, you know, my coach coached me through when I was going through and trying to decide, you just always think it's either or, and there's all kinds of ways of like, you could go part-time, you could, um, you know, maybe mm -hmm. consult or you could try it. And if it doesn't work, find another job. We, we always think it's like an A or a B and the mind just kind of limits us because if it's not within our, our experience, 
of knowing and we can't sit with it and just like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe my brain could, and maybe the universe will send me an example of something that's totally different that I hadn't thought of, you know? So your other thing too, is your job was so different. Like you're in a, right. you were in, in a banking, like an I was in banking. I did accounting and finance for over 30 years. So who was I to think I could now write fiction books about families and romance and all that. Uh, but I'd read them for years and what better training is there than that? <laughs> and so I did find the courage. I made the leap and I have never been happier. And some of the things I worried about haven't come to pass. Other things have come up to take care of the things I was worried about and zero regrets. So I just couldn't be happier. And, you know, it's just so fun. I love to try to encourage other women at midlife to chase their dreams. That's a lot about what I write about in my novels too. Yeah. And, so. Yeah. And one of the things we do in the second half spark school, which I always thought was interesting for you because, uh, you know, I want to write a book. And so I thought, oh, mm -hmm. like maybe Kim can teach me, but a novel is, you know, I probably write more of a self-help book. Um, but so we had some conversations about, hey, um, you know, would you want to help other people? You know, maybe mm -hmm. you could create a course and all that kind of stuff. But in the personality testing we do in the school, you found out that that's not aligned with you, who you are and who you're meant to be. You're a maker. And, uh, and, and the making is in the writing of the books. And so how I thought that was so fascinating. And, you know, it helped me understand as a coach that, that I, I love these things that we have as tools because, uh, they offer insight and, and you could waste a lot of time going down unaligned or misaligned path. So, right. yeah. So that's cool. All right, Gail. Uh, I want to right, move that's over to you. Back to follow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'll do something completely different. I'm Gail Johnson and I am able to communicate with deceased loved ones, angels, spirits, um, spirit guides. That's what I do. And um, I too was in the corporate world a long time ago and received the message that I needed to quit my job and just do my mediumship full time. And, you know, I, when I, I got, I was like, okay, send me a sign. Right. You know? And so I get a sign and I'm like, okay, send me another one. Right. <laughs> you know, because it's like, okay, you know, I'm not so sure, but um, it was very scary. But in October of 2014 um, is when I actually quit my job. Um, you know, because the, the message was, when have I ever abandoned you? When, when have I ever led you astray? Right. Um, and I've really not looked back since, you know, and then, um, as I was, uh, doing all the one-on-one, -on -one, I kept hearing a lot of the same things from people that they were searching and they were looking for something, um, you know, that connection, and that's, of course, you know, what I help people to do is to connect um, with something bigger than them, with their deceased loved ones, with their angels, whatever. And so, and so I kept hearing, you know, more and more of that. And I was like, I need to try to help more people. I'm doing it on a one on one basis, but I kept feeling, I guess, drawn to more, you know, doing something more, maybe something bigger. And, uh, and that's when I saw your 
Facebook ad, you know, and what drew me in was the not your average grandma. That was what drew me in first. But then once, and I really, I don't know what I expected it to be, but I didn't expect it to be what you delivered, right? (laughs) So I went in thinking one thing, and then it was really kind of a lot of the same things that I kind of preach and teach were a lot of the things that you were saying as well. And so that helped me to see that, hey, you know, I could, I can do this, you're doing it, you know, why can't I do it? But I was too afraid. (laughs) Fear was withholding, you know, me, I didn't have the confidence, I guess I didn't have the, what I felt like what it took, I didn't know anything about a business, I didn't know anything about doing an online business, especially. And so I uh, came up with the program, but I just didn't know how to go about doing what I wanted to do. And I was afraid. And I feel like you gave me the courage. You showed me that it could be done, that we are, you know, it, it was truly helpful for me to see that I am limitless, that I can do it, that I'm not, um, I don't need to, to be, I don't know, stuck in a rut or not be, continue to contribute, you know, um, that I am still valuable, um, you know, all of those things, because I think that's important for us as older women. And I just turned 60 by the, I say just turned in July, (laughs) I turned 60. And I think I met Lori, a couple of years ago, I was in the the May, I think I joined in May a couple of years ago. And so anyway, it can be done. I'm still doing it. (laughs) You know, I still have people asking me, when are you going to run it again? I want to be a part of that. So I think that that's important to know that we're still contributing. And then um, I'm just going to say this, take it a step further, and I'm not tooting my own horn. Uh, I want y'all to know that y'all can do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, y'all can say I'm overweight, I'm not the best uh, athlete or anything, you know, I'm not in great shape, um, but I uh, walked part of the Camino in October, and at one point we came to a place where I called it the rock gauntlet, because it was rocks on nothing but rocks, and it was straight down. Um, and I have trouble with balance, a little bit of trouble with balance as well. So going down is not easy for me, but I went down that rock gauntlet. It took me a long time. It took a lot of effort, but I was able to do it. And when I got to the bottom, I was like, I can't believe I just did that. But I, of course, as I was going, I was like asking my guardian angel to lend me her wings, right? You know, give me your wings, you know, I need to get down this. Um, but I believed that I could do it. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I, I, I believe in myself. I believe that I have the help that will help me to get down without being injured. Um, I was very thankful because it wasn't raining but I got to the bottom. And so now when I go to do something, I'm like, is it as bad as the rock gauntlet? Nope. <laughs> you know, it's like, nothing will be as bad as that. Right. So now I'm like, nope. And now I just feel like, well, I can do it. after that. I can do anything. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that I saw you posted the pictures in the group and I thought that was amazing. Such inspiration and such courage. Right. 
Uh, but one of the things I wanted to say that you two really have in common, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because you're not like my normal students. So I just want to get that out there. My A lot of my my normal students who come in are kind of searching. They're like, they're not, they're not sure of their purpose or they're resisting it. They haven't stepped into it yet. They might have an inkling of it, but that's why I created this. And I've changed the name a couple of times. I think when Kim came in, it was accelerator, but it, it's called, I'm calling it expansion. And so it gives you an opportunity if you find it and you want to accelerate what in whatever way, maybe you want to have a business. Maybe you just want to accelerate uh, the adventure because the purpose is activity. Uh, th this is what I came to know is that purpose is in the doing, not in the um, destination. So yeah, I think that a lot of people get caught up and it's just like, oh, it's so far out there and it's so unattainable. And But if they just start doing something that interests them, then they'll get there. And so some people start it and they're like, and they want to continue and they want more immersive uh, coaching and that sort of thing. So you guys are kind of in that more advanced group. But one thing you have in common, you're so service and heart driven. That's what purpose is all about. You know, we do things on purpose, but it has to be of purpose. I have something on my to-do list and yeah, if, if I know I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it on purpose, right? But it doesn't necessarily have that heart in it. And, um, and so that I think that's what's missing. That's what missed most of my life. But both of you in our first conversations, Kim, actually, she reached out to me in my newsletter just to say, I love what you're doing. I wish everybody could be as purpose-driven as you. And she had a friend who wasn't. So, you know, she was just, just like reaching out just to be nice. Um, and then I was like, well, what do you do? Because <laughs> so I was curious. <laughs> well, if your friend isn't and you are, what do you do? And so she didn't even say, hey, I'm an author. I want to buy my book. <laughs> you know, it was like, she, you know, she was just being nice to me, being kind. And, uh, and I said, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I'm an author. And I was like, well, what do you write? And you'd be a good guest for my podcast. And that's actually how we first met and I had her on my podcast and she sent me a book. She didn't sell me a book. She didn't say, Oh, I'll send you the first chapter. And if you like it, you can buy it. Mm -hmm. It was like a gift to me, I guess, for having her on my podcast, but it was just, mm -hmm. that is the kind of person that is doing something because they really love to, and they want to make an impact. And when you do that, it comes back to you. And with you, Gail, you well, you're so service oriented that you were killing yourself, I think. And I remember when we met, because you didn't sign up initially. No. I had a Zoom call and I can understand why, because you, like you, like I said, you're a little further advanced and you're probably like, yeah, I don't know if that's a good fit for me. But in our Zoom call, something happened where I got the feeling through our conversation that you weren't where you wanted to be and that I knew that my help would get you further faster. But I had no idea you're a medium. I thought, looking back, you said you were a creative. I think you said that, which, you know, you like you're in the creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought, oh, I thought you were a seamstress or you were an artist or it was that kind of creative thing that I was thinking about. So when I, I realized you're a medium, I was like, oh, holy, holy moly. And And then I had also wanted to like, I had this thought deep in the recesses of my mind of wanting a medium for uh, my mom and my dad to connect my dad with my mom. My dad's dead and my mom's still alive. 
and she's super stuck. And I thought maybe that'll help her. And so it's so funny because do you look up 1-800-MEDIUM and then who do you know what you're going to get, you know? And so here I built this relationship and and then you hired me as like a one-on-one coach. And then we worked together on you building your HOPE program. And the other thing that shows how service oriented you are is that you hustled. I can't tell you how many one-on-one clients that I have that stall and push their launches back or are afraid to take action. And you were just like, I got to do this before Christmas. I got to do this before Christmas. And and it was like, it was a crunch, but you wanted to do it before Christmas because you knew people needed you because they were suffering. And I thought, how beautiful is that? That's how I know somebody is driven by their heart and that they're doing what they're supposed to do is because it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not about them. It's about who they're striving to help. And I remember for you and where you had the challenge is Kim's audience pretty defined midlife. You know, I read her books and I'm like, Oh my God, I want to jump in it and be there and <laughs> hang out with them. Right. But you can help everybody. Right. Cause everybody pretty much has lost somebody they love. And so for you, it was like, how do I whittle down into something that can help all of these people? What's the topic? Because you are such an expert in your field and you talk and help in, in so many different areas. And so I love how it, you very quickly realized that people need hope after they've lost somebody, they need hope. And then you came up with your acronym and you came up with your structure and your formula. And it was like, and though, yeah. And, and the other thing is that you, you, I think for you, because of the work you do, it really zaps your energy. Mm-hmm. And you needed to find a way to help people in more of a group format. Yeah, you still can do one-on-ones, but how can you help more people? And then you built that community, how they all connected. I remember her telling me that she had a young person in the group and older people in the group and how they, you thought you were worried because they didn't have, but th- when you have a connection, you have a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um it's amazing how when you finally say yes, mm-hmm. all the doors open. <laughs> you know, all the obstacles are removed. When you um uh I think it's in the in a course in miracles, it says, you know, you need a oh no, it's uh Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell says you have to give a hearty yes. Once you give the hearty yes then everything else to your hero's journey. That's what it's about, a hero's journey. You know, once you give that hearty yes, once you say yes, then just uh, the floodgates open and all the obstacles are removed. And that's what I found happened when I finally said, I can do this. And okay, you all right, I'm going to say, okay, universe, let's do this. As soon as I said, okay, let's do this, that was it. The floodgates opened and then just one thing happened after the other that enabled me to do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't charge very much. And so for what you do, in my opinion, I was like, you need to raise your prices. So. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're service oriented, you don't want to. But I loved when you did it and you had a really small mailing list. I mean, and they're just people that you'd done one-on-one sessions with in the past. I don't even think you had a mailing list. You had a a spreadsheet. 
that you I had email. Yeah, you had a spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she said, like, I do you have an email? Well, I saved them in a spreadsheet. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe you need to get a mail system. Um, but anyways, uh, but I loved that. But I loved also that you said, and I, I'm curious if you had guilt around it, but you said, I've never made this much money. Yeah. Oh, and that's true. I had never made that much doing something like that. In the corporate world, it was different, but right. I had never done it on my own, just mm -hmm. me. And I always have guilt around the money. And yes. I just feel like this is something that everybody needs that I should just be helping everybody that I can help. And, and you're right. I halfway kill myself. My children fuss at me all the time and say, you know, you're so tired all the time. You need to stop doing so many, you know, whatever, like you need to just slow down. And I'm like, I mean, and I know that I'm going to do this until I can't anymore. I'll help as mm -hmm. many as I can until I can't anymore. But that's just who I am. But I do because it's like, really, I'm getting paid for this. Like, it, yeah. it's like yeah. I should be getting yeah. paid for this, right? Yeah. Like, that's just how I feel about it. And this is pretty normal for people who are really focused on service first. It's it's super normal. And in some ways, people self-sabotage because they the, the guilt kind of is a subconscious, it's rooted thing. But you just need to shift the mindset to knowing that the money that you make helps you get support to help more people. It can help you uh, start a nonprofit. You know, a lot of people, my mindset, my person who taught me the neuro coaching, uh, who I got certified with, she has a nonprofit that gives education to AIDS orphans in Uganda. I have an orphan that I support every month through her program. Mm -hmm. So your money doesn't have to be just for your own personal gain to go buy a Chanel bag or something, you know, it, it can <laughs> no. be like, and if you hire someone, I do give a lot of it away, you know, yeah. I support yeah. a lot of charities or whatever, yeah. you know, because I feel like that's what I need to do. Right. Um, I'm making it, I have extra, I need to share my extra but that's how I was raised as well. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. My coach, he shares his story because he helps so many people with his program, but he has a VA in the Philippines that he started with before he made a lot of money and he started with his VA and now he employs his whole family. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's been almost 10 years that this guy who's like grown with him uh, in the Philippines. And that's a pretty incredible and that can make you also want to help more people because it's like you know that you're you have this capability. Um, uh, it's it's more than about you, and it's not just your customers, but it's the people that that you can employ through it and help in deeper ways. So that was a good discussion. I'm glad we had that. <laughs> I would love for you to share uh, what you learned about yourself in pushing through these fears that are very common. Everybody has them. There's it's just are you gonna sit with, with them and stay in your little comfort zone. So yeah. So Kim, why don't you start and share, how did you conquer your fears and what'd you learn about yourself in the process? I've learned so much. Um, you helped me to see the value in looking ahead and what I wanted my life to look like a year from that time, five years from that time. And I wasn't used to doing that thing. Any goals that I'd set before were based on what the business wanted that where I worked. So I learned the value of that. I learned that I can do hard things. 
I learned that I'm so much more incredibly energized now that I'm doing work that I love. And I feel like I can make a difference. You're, you're for sure not the first person who's told me that I've gotten them back into reading. Um, I was at a book club one day and the woman sitting next to me who I didn't know made the comment that she hadn't read since her husband passed away. And then the, you know, she picked up my first book and read it. And she said, now she hasn't stopped reading every single day. So, I mean, we can all make a difference in other ways. I worried about what other people would think. And I've had no negative feedback from that perspective. If anything, I think we're setting an example. I'm learning that I'm setting an example on how I live my life every day. Um, you know, I saw too many people in the corporate world just coasting through their 50s and, you know, till their sometime in their 60s or 70s when they decided to just hang it up. But those were not very happy years when, and that made me so sad because mm -hmm. we have so much more wisdom than we ever did when we were younger and so much value to offer the world. But if you're stuck and doing something that doesn't light you up, it's hard to encourage others. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe my last comment would be that I know my kids are watching too. They're all young adults starting in their careers. And, you know, they'd watched me be miserable for too long. I didn't want them to think that's what work has to be. Yeah. So they comment all the time that I'm a different person. Yeah. And so I didn't see you as miserable, but I just saw you as, as uh, mediocre meandering, you know, you're yeah. meandering through life, allowing mediocre and, and your, your comment about energized when you fully embrace and get in alignment, it's like then people are like, I can't, I can't get motivated. <laughs> You're not aligned, you know? And so I love that they've seen that because they're benefiting so much from that, not just from seeing you, but from being in your energy, being in your sphere, you right. know? And now you have a grandchild. I yeah. do. I wasn't a grandma yet when I started, but he's almost one and he's amazing. So yes. and and the, and you going. live and doesn't he live next door? He does. And so yeah. like, that's crazy. Number one, small town yeah. thing that it doesn't happen anymore. But can you imagine if you didn't have time for him? With oh, your, no. Yeah. The corporate sad. job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now when the roads are really bad, because we're in North Dakota and if, you know, it's too nasty out to take him to daycare, then oh, I'll watch him because I can now. I yeah. have that time. You know, time freedom is... Mm -hmm way more valuable than any money that we make with what we're doing. And that's another thing that I've learned. And that is what? To kind of do things where you own your own schedule yes. and work super hard, but I can do that, but also have a life. Yes. And so yeah. that's, it's just been a wonderful learning. There's, and I learn new stuff every day. Yeah. All right, Gail, what have you learned about yourself? along the way. I just feel yeah. like I've learned so many things that, like I said, that I am valuable, that I do have what it takes, that I do have a, a the intelligence, I guess, you know, the, the, the smarts to be able to do it. Um, I learned that I am uh, adjustable, I guess, you know, that I, I can mm -hmm. adjust to situations and I, it, 
I'm good with learning curves. I mean, I had to learn all the technology and everything to be able to do what I had to do. So, I mean, I, I did it, you know, yeah, you did the, do it. And I know, remember you were like, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're a good example of somebody who is not technologically savvy and you figured it out. Yeah. You, well, you do what you have to do. And yeah. I guess my biggest thing is I learned how I really am determined, you know, never thought of myself as having a lot of determination or drive or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But when it comes to this, I am very determined. I I have the drive. I want this to be told, you know, I want to shout it from the rooftops. I want everybody to be involved. And, um, you know, I just feel like uh, that's, you know, really important. And like Kim said, you energize, like, I can do, you know, I get tired after doing my one-on-one, sure. But, you know, when I'm with my hope group and I mean, I could be in that group all night long, you know, like talking and, and discussing and, you know, learning together. And like, that's something that time just flies by when you're doing what you love time. Mm -hmm. There's no limit. Yeah, that's called being in the flow, if people have ever heard of being in the flow. And determination is actually one of the words that is in the definition for purposeful. So, yeah, yeah, (laughs) so that's, that's amazing. And you guys are both so talented. Like I said, I'm so lucky to know you. My students are my buddies. Everybody is so unique. And that's the other thing that I want to speak to is that these two women are in the 2%. And I talked about this in the training that 98% of the population does not leave their comfort zone. They're too afraid to make changes. And that's kind of the way the brain works. And unfortunately, people just aren't aware of what causes it and, and how to push through it. But when you find your purpose, it's kind of like this armor, I feel like, that helps you push through that barrier. Uh, and you all ha- have done it. And like Gail said in the beginning, if you're listening to this and you're like feeling like a mediocre meanderer, then you can be a two percenter. You can be a two percenter. It just, uh, I think the first step is, is awareness. And the second step is understanding that's, that's what needs to be done and finding that thing, that, that activity, that activity that lights you up. Lori, let me just say that I heard that from so many people, you can do it, you can do it. And I was like, oh yeah, right. You know, I'm tired of people telling me that. So I don't want people to poo-poo that or whatever, you know, or just set that aside. Because I know for a long time when I would hear people say, oh, you can do it. It was like, yeah, you, you could do it. Maybe not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, you were able to do it because whatever reasons, you know, you had this, you had that, you had the other thing. Uh, you know, I want folks to know I was a mediocre meanderer, <laughs> you know, I was the one, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I didn't think I had what it took or whatever. But like you said, because I have this purpose, I have this thing that I know means something, you know, this means something. It means not just something to me. I feel like it means something to everybody. And I know folks are going to say, oh, well, you have this natural ability. So that's why you can do what you do. But you just got to find what lights you up. Like you say, you know, you have to find that thing that means something to you. 
And mm -hmm. once you find out what that is that has that meaning, everything else is going to come along with it. Then you can do it too. Yeah, that's I so great. It. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely in the 98% for a really long time. You know, and you mentioned it before, Lori, I was an accountant. I didn't know what my purpose was. I never dreamt in a million years that I would fall in love with writing stories. I just like to read them to escape. But if you don't look, you're not going to find it. And, mm. you know, I love that this, the programs and the modules you put together and such just help us do a lot of introspection and gentle guidance on things to consider and think about and you might surprise yourself well i think we 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 think it's it's gonna come but we don't realize how many blocks we have that are so invisible and that's one of the things i am putting in this new training that i am excited about that they're just invisible to us and once they're visible then we kind of know what we're dealing with and because we live and I think this was my problem, and I see it with a lot of people, is that we fill our schedules up with busy stuff. Yeah. And when we're so busy, then a lot is invisible. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're talking about schedules. So that's the thing that you really helped me with. Let me just say, um, I'm not a planner. I'm a fly by the seat of the pantser. <laughs> you know? Winger, winger. We call him a winger. <laughs> I am just not a planner. I've just, I was never a planner. And you really, really helped me with that and realizing, first of all, how to do it, you know, just how to, how to go about making a plan, how to look at things and how to plan things out and take things, you know, month, week, day, decide what's most important and do it. And that's really what really helped me to go so quickly and launch my, my oh. program and everything so quickly was because I had a plan. I knew how to plan and mm -hmm. I was able to plan it. Yeah. And I had a good plan and I followed the plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we had so, dates and everything, yeah. but yeah, I think I'd love to hear your opinion because for me, I, I tried so many different plans and so many of them, they actually overwhelmed me and I come from a planning profession as a project manager. And so I just wanted something super simple. And I found, and I find, and I tell people this, and I hear it from my students, but I have you here. So, you know, you can say what you want, but I, I feel like people think that it's going to take more time of their day. And I feel like it's, it gives me the gift of more time by knowing and having a structure. Right. I agree with that. I, I have to say, you know, like on um, Sunday night is usually when I take the time uh, for the week. Anyway, you know, I'll look at what I'm, what am I supposed to be doing this month? The beginning of the month, I do a, the end of one month, I'm planning the next month, but I sit and I look at it and I go, okay. And then I see all the places where I have time to do other things, you know, like as you're looking at this and you go, oh, well, I can do this or I can do that. And if you follow it, that's the, the key, <laughs> you know, because I have been known not to follow it. And then you get off the beaten track, you know, whatever. The other thing is, as far as the plan that you gave us, you know, you gave us a good one. And then once I took yours and I used yours for a long time, but then I sort of customized it to me. Yeah, great. You know, so yeah. now I, it's part yours, part mine, you know? Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, one size doesn't necessarily fit all. Yeah, right. you, you built to, this new habit, which is amazing. You have to, you have to 
do it the way you work, I guess. You yes. Know? I love that. So, I love that perspective. Definitely. Awesome. The but you're not a winger like, anymore, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> I also found a lot of benefit. You know, I love the simplicity and got it down, but then I did feel a sense of accountability to you and the other students in our group. I didn't want to disappoint. I had committed to doing this and to moving forward. And the plan allowed us to have something measurable that we could speak to and feel like we're making progress, even if it was just baby steps. Yeah. So that was very helpful too. Isn't that interesting though, that, and I found this with myself as well, and why I continue to have a coach and be in a program is because we are more apt to stay in integrity with other people than with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We'd like to be able to do it ourselves, but sometimes that's not that easy to do. Yeah. If we were meeting ourselves for lunch, we'd probably be the first person to cancel. <laughs> uh, all right. Any, anything, you, any last words of advice or tips or anything that uh, you want to share before we, we say goodbye? I just love that the focus on it's not too late for any of us. Yes. Yes. Everybody is. And that's what I, why I like my podcast, because a lot of the people that I talk to are people who have made big shifts over 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just listened to your, I think it's your latest one where a woman went to med school and she, you know, in her fifties. Dr. Lottie. Yeah. 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 It was just amazing. So Yep. It's not too late. I love that some of your students have been in their later seventies and just really jumping in and learning how to enjoy themselves again. Yeah. Yeah. Best time to do it. Yeah. I know. Um, I guess it's Nike that says it best, right? Just do it. it. (laughs) Just do it. That's all I can say is just do it. And I just want to end by saying thank you to you guys for really giving me some gifts and what you do and your, your purpose has, has really impacted me. And, and I just have to share, I, I know I, I did a, an episode about my conversation with my father, but one thing that Gail gave me was because my dad died suddenly and my mom basically just kind of curled up and has never really, she just hasn't engaged in life since he died. And it's been, he died in 2007. So do the math. And so part of my challenge, and this is what happens when you lose people you love, you, you can't have that conversation with them after they're gone. And I, I felt really guilty about not being able to help my mom more. Like, why did she not engage? Why couldn't I help her? Is there more I could have done? Yes, definitely more I could have done. And I often wondered what my dad would say, what my dad would think. And, you know, we know, you know, if we have close relationships with our, our parents, we know their personalities. And I tell you, Gail, I know brought my father to me and, and she, we, we recorded it. It was, it was, it was amazing. So if you're looking for a medium, Gail's the go-to person. My father, first of all, he's, he's very funny and he was actually mad at my mom. Now, I think if if somebody's not really a good medium, they'd probably be like, oh, your dad's so happy. He loves you. He loves your mom. Everybody's happy. But Gail was like, ooh, ooh, this is going to be harsh. And, you know, and he gave my mom hell for not engaging in life. And I was like, that my dad would have done that. My dad would have done that. What I didn't expect of it, because I was wanted to connect them, is that 
I got so much out of it. Like he, he talked to me and he talked to me and told me, you know, that he understands. And, and it, it was just like, I tell you so much more valuable than what I paid to, to get your services. And do you remember you want him to do it for free? And I'm I, like, I, no, I am I not did. doing I was. it. <laughs> I was going to do it for free. I mean, you know, you yeah. gave yeah. me so much. You know, yeah. so. And Kim's books, like I said, amazing. They're the kind that you put down. And you know what I love about your books, Kim, is they're long. They are. <laughs> because, because you don't <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because I like you get invested and you don't want it to end. And so her first series, uh, Celia's Leg Legacy Gifts. Celia's, Celia's Gifts, Gifts is called. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Celia's Le Legacy is one of the books. But it, it it's a family, and and each book is one of the people in the family. And so you, it's just well, so well done, so well done. And then her new book uh, series, which book one is out, is about um, friendships. And I can't yeah. wait because I have lifelong friends from well my college buddies, and so I can't yeah. wait to read that. Yeah. Yeah, I think as women, we all need family and we all need our friends and our friends become so much more important as we age. So yeah. Yeah. I remember talking like about wondering what the concept would be. And I remember I thought was in on that conversation too, I think you were. because we were talking about our friends and how yeah. I'm still friends with the girls that I went to high school with. Me too. Know, yeah. And how important that is. You Such know, a blessing. So. All right, ladies, thanks so much for being here and sharing uh, your gifts. And I love you. And I will see you inside the school group. We're always working. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, bye, Kim. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place. <laughs>